Welcome to Indians on Deck, the Let's Go Tribe Prospect Podcast. I'm Matt Schlichting, and as always, I'm joined by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. I went to that doubleheader today. Indians swept it. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and get things kicked off right away here. We had a little bit of a, a shakeup that we talked about in the pipeline last time. So our new number one overall prospect, Nolan Jones. How was this week? Not great. Uh, not horrific, but... Uh, had a 190 batting average with a 320 on base, which is great, and a 333 slugging. Hit a home run, had eight strikeouts and four walks. So overall in the season between high A and double A, he is at 277, 411, and 435. Not 4,000, 435. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for that typo. That would, he did that not would have been awesome. Yeah, if if he was averaging more than a home run per at-bat, that would be pretty good. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but, okay, next up, uh, Tristan McKenzie. What's up with Tristan? Nobody knows. Yeah, this is this is starting to scare me because at least people were, like, showing him throw in, in Arizona. Like, things were happening. Like, it's like I was hearing rumors that he was going to, you know, be activated after the All-Star break. Then maybe after the trade deadline. And all that has passed, and, and it has been completely dark. I haven't seen one reporter talk about anything Tristan McKenzie related or answer any question Tristan McKenzie related in like a month. Yeah, I'm starting to starting... think he might he might not pitch the rest of this season. And I'm starting to think that this may be another one to file away, and there is no such thing as a pitching prospect. I hope not. I mean, but... he was he he looked fine, and it looked like he was ready to start competing. And, you know, putting his name out there to, to, to fight for a, a rotation job in, in spring training. And then he gets hurt. And and that's that's that. <laughs> and what's crazy is it wasn't an arm injury. It was a back injury. That's that's what's the most frustrating about this is you would think, you know, OK, fine. You know, somebody like Lenny Torres. OK, he has to go get Tommy John surgery. We'll just wait a year and a half and see restart from there. But this is a back injury. Clevenger suffered what I thought was as bad a back injury as you can get, and he was out like a month and a half, and now he's better than ever. Someone that did exist this past week, though, went by the name of Logan Allen. He mm -hmm. made his first start in the Indians organization. Yeah, it was. Uh, he, he pitched for Columbus, and uh, it didn't go so great. Two and a third innings, gave up three runs on four hits with a pair of walks and three strikeouts. So it's about what he's been doing most of the season. It was actually worse than he's been doing most of the season, and what he's been doing most of the season hasn't been so great. So uh, he started the year in around the, the 60 range for the top prospects in all of the top 100 in all of baseball, and he's dropped down to number 98 after the recent update. So he is, like, just barely hanging on, and if he keeps this up, they might uh, be dropping him off completely, so... I don't know what has really been his issue this year because he's been so good, consistently good at every level, all the way up until he's reached AAA in the majors. I'm sure that the Indians will figure it out because they are just so good at developing arms. I, I have faith in the Indians. How old is he? I believe he's 23 or 24. Because I'm just thinking if he's a little on the younger side, then him having a weird off year like this probably he's doesn't 22, really hurt much. So, yeah, definitely yeah. young. <laughs> 
I mean, he'd, he'd be, he's younger than Savali, he's younger than Bieber, and he's already made his major league debut too. So yeah, he was, a, he was drafted out of high school in 2015. So basically a year before, you know, our crazy run, except all three of those guys that we drafted in 2016 that are all contributing now, they were all juniors in college. And yeah. Allen was a high schooler the year before. So he, he was two years behind them in terms of development. So I definitely, I'm not, it would be absolutely ridiculous to give up on him. I mean, and, and he just turned 22 in May, the end of May. So very young. He was probably one of the younger pitchers to, to, to start this year. Next up, we had Tyler Freeman, our boy. He had a little bit of a weird week. Five games, hit 182, 250, 364. Managed to toss two doubles and a triple in there. Didn't walk and only struck out twice so it feels like a week where he was putting a lot of balls into play did he get hit by some pitches he had to have right mm -hmm. okay <laughs> I yeah just, i forgot I, to list him in there but okay. yes he did he, he definitely had to have if he was 250 batty or on base i mean he probably got hit by at least and then how about our boy bo naylor he had himself a week 370 433 593 in seven games managed to play all seven games in the week because they were using him as a DH once or twice and double, triple, home run, three walks, only five strikeouts. Really, really nice week that just continues to build on the momentum that he's been able to put together for the last month or two now. I've been waiting to say this all season. Bo knows baseball. <laughs> Good for Bo, man. Like it, It's really been nice to see him develop as this season has worn on because he struggled at first. And it just seems like as the season has gone, I mean, he just has gotten up better and better and better. That batting average, like all of his numbers, peripherals have started to climb a little bit more and more. And his season averages are actually pretty respectable now, especially considering how young he is for his age level. So, I mean, it's, it's exciting to, to watch, uh, you know, a, a talented young player like him, you know, things start to click. Like I would, I would definitely be confident sending him to high A next year. I mean, how aggressive is that for a catcher of his age mm -hmm. to get that far that fast? Yeah, that's pretty aggressive, especially for a high school catcher. <laughs> Usually, yeah. you know, with catchers, as far as I know, like the the the, the common theme is that catchers can are, can be late bloomers very often, uh, just because it takes so much time to just get everything else down that they're in control of during a game. Uh, that maybe it takes a while for them to figure it out offensively. I mean, some guys don't even figure it out until, you know, they're, they've been in the majors for three or four years. You know, Such like, as look, look Roberto at guys like, Perez. Yeah, Roberto, James McCann had, is having a breakout year. Um, DeArnid from Tampa Bay at 30 years old. Oh, that's a really good point, yeah. So, and I mean, he always just, had the prospect pedigree, yeah. too. So, I mean, sometimes it just takes time, but to see a talented young catcher like this, who's not, I, I don't think he's 20 yet, you know, starting to really figure it out already at full season baseball. It's exciting. And so next up we have George Valera. Did and, he? Yeah. George did, we... did not play. I don't think. Hmm. And I, I've been scouring the internet. I haven't, I, I see all I see when I like look for him on Twitter to see if there's anything interesting there. It's just people asking, hey, what's up with George Valera? Why hasn't he played this week? I haven't seen one thing about him being hurt. I haven't seen one like top prospect writer or reporter or any anything. I, I didn't see him leave a game in the middle of a game. He just he's just chilling. And I don't know why. Like 
he I think he he sat the day of the trade deadline and then he never played again. He didn't get traded. I think that would have been a pretty big deal if he got traded. If he was thrown in in the Bauer trade, he's not there. So I haven't heard any reports or anything about an injury or like if he got in trouble, violated team rules. I don't know. So I will be looking a little bit further into it. I'll see if I can figure something out by the next episode. And how did our old friend Bobby Bradley do this last week? Bobby Bobby was pretty good. I mean, he didn't go deep, which is unfortunate, but to hit, to play 6 games and slash 280 379 400, I mean, that's tremendous. Uh, three doubles, uh, three walks. The only issue was, you know, he still did strike out 10 times in 25 plate appearances, so that that's not good. <laughs> uh, so that's a 40% strikeout rate, just what about what he was doing in the majors, but he was making good contact. And if he can start making good contact again, then he can start turning it around and work his way back. Because, I mean, he was raking at the minor leagues. I mean, he was, I mean, the Indians had no choice but to call him up at that point. Just keep doing your thing, Bobby. Work on those strikeouts because they are your limiting factor right now. That's that's pretty much his only limiting factor. Yeah. And then next up, we had Ethan Hankins. How did our boy Ethan do? On the face of it, looks like a little bit of a weird start for him because he only went three innings. Mm-hmm. I didn't manage to track down his pitch count for those three innings, but he had uh, an earned run, two total runs, three walks, which actually almost doubled his walks per nine for the year. Didn't matter because he ended up getting promoted to Lake County earlier today. And, so, and he had six Congratulations. Strikeouts. So, yeah, he did have six strikeouts yeah, in that game, too. Two per inning. That's that's awesome. So great job. And congratulations to Ethan. Well-deserved. I mean, he is by far been the best pitcher in the New York Penn League this whole season. I mean, he's been practically untouchable. He had multiple starts without allowing a hit, multiple starts without allowing any runs. This, this just makes me really excited because if he can go up to Lake County and play well, I mean, the Indians might get aggressive with him. It's 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 just fun to dream about. John Stewart on Twitter it does some prospect writing around the interwebs, mm-hmm. and he has dubbed him Young Hankenstein. I love it. <laughs> He's got a really good picture that he photoshopped for it, too. It's just fabulous. <laughs> that brings us along to Daniel Espino making his maiden voyage on the top 10. Yeah, and so far this season, in 10 innings pitched, his ERA is 0.9 with a 3.0 FIP. He is striking out 12.6 batters per nine innings, walking 3.6. As you mentioned, dudes can't touch his stuff in rookie ball. And I completely agree they with can't you. can't do it. And if the Indians like are feeling really, really good, throw him up there to Mahoning Valley before the end of the season. See how he does there, too. Because, I mean, if he can, if he can go to Mahoning Valley and pitch well, Maybe that opens the door for him to debut next year in Lake County. That would be. You sick. might as well give him a start or two yeah. at the end of the season, right? It's not like it's going to hurt his development to get shelled if it goes badly. I, I wouldn't think. I mean, because either he's going to be in Mahoning Valley next year, or if the Indians are feeling really good about him, then he's going to be in uh, Lake County. So let's let's see what he's capable of. Because it seems like at this point, uh, nobody is is touching him. At he's not getting challenged in the Arizona Rookie League. And yeah, that's a good point. From what I heard is he's easily sitting like 94, 95, and gets up to 98 without too much effort. That's fun to dream on. And that's what's so crazy is, you know, 
we talked about it on the the other podcast that the Indians are getting all these you know these college proven arms that can throw strikes and and whiff guys and and advance the system quickly. And while those guys are flying through the system and just continuing to flood the Indians with reinforcements in their starting rotation, you've got these guys that could be future just aces, just getting slowly worked on. Like these really these youngsters, these these Hankins. You know, a McKenzie was a, a a high schooler, um, and now Espino. I mean, it's it's just really fun to dream on. It really is. The the potential is there for the Indians to just continue to reinforce their starting rotation with just lethal arms for years and years to come. And as long as Espino stays healthy, and I'm you know knocking on wood as hard as I possibly can, you know he he seems like he could be pretty exciting. Like Hankins already already seems exciting. All right. Last but not least, uh, number 10 on the Indians prospect list, Brian Rocchio. What a weird week. <laughs> 188, 409, 188. Love it. <laughs> so six walks, which is great. That is great. Only struck out three times and stole a base, but I think he had like two singles and that was it. Patience. Hey, I, I love a guy that gets on base, so mm-hmm. I'll take it. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a frustrating year for, with Rokio because of how dominant he was in the AZL. I, I was hoping that he could translate that and be batting at least, you know, 300 with a near, you know, 350 or higher on base percentage. And, and as good as he looked in spring training mm-hmm, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he made a web gem with the Indians. He made a couple web gems, like playing shortstop for the Indians in spring training. I, I was really hoping that he would be performing a little bit better considering, you know, this is still pretty far away from the major leagues. But, I mean, it's, he's still crazy young, too, I think. He's, he's still 18 or 19 years old. So, I mean, I, it would be absolutely ludicrous to to, to think to, to just toss him aside just because he's, he's scuffling a bit right now. So, moving on, we've got our five best from everywhere, which uh, basically... The, the, the players that performed the best in the Indian system in the past week. And we have a pretty intriguing number one on the list, or at least not, maybe he wasn't the, the best of the week, but uh, he was the first one that we put on the list. So uh, let's name him. Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers. In three games, he slashed 417, 500, Can't really ignore that, even if it was right on the heels of a demotion. And that was courtesy of a home run, two doubles, two walks, all added up to a 230 weighted runs created plus. Nice. That, that is impressive. Nice. So, you know what? Some guys, if they get demoted, I mean, Bowers has been up with the Indians all season. And they were talking about, you know, people were starting to ask about whether he should get demoted. And then uh, the Indians were like standing firm. But then they made that trade and there was just no room for him. And he could have sulked and whined about it like Clint Frazier did when they set him down. Oh. Frazier took all seven ga- days. You're, you're allowed to use up to, to, to accept your assignment. You have, you have time to do it. And Frazier took all seven days. He literally took a week off from baseball to, to go Jeez, from New York to uh, Scranton. Uh, I mean, to be fair, that's a terrible drive. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake Bowers, he took like one day. And then went down there and started raking. So good for you. Work your way back. Uh, prove the doubters wrong. And, you know, I mean, he's still, what, 23 years old? 
I think I saw from the Indians uh, perspective Twitter, they listed the youngest guys at every level. And I think Bowers is still like the second youngest hitter on the Clippers. <laughs> That's so, nuts. yeah. Then who did we have next up? Our boy, Bo, who, uh, Bo, yeah, Bo knows. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, seven games, 374, 33, 593, hit for the cycle for the week with a double, triple home run and a bunch of singles. So, yeah, great job. And then as uh, in his last six games alone, I think the seventh game actually dropped him down a little bit. He was at 455, 500, 727. Well done, Bo. So who do we got next? Eric Haas. I just feel bad for him because I feel like he really deserves another look this season at the major league level. He's but it's probably not going to happen because of Plaw Dog or whatever Plawecki's <laughs> nickname is yeah. for Players Weekend. But Haas had five games, 417, 467, and then his slugging was 1.250. Mm. He hit two triples on Friday night. I don't know how either. <laughs> Added two more home runs. That gives him four in his last eight games. So he's tied for the Clippers lead now with Bradley. And he had two walks. And he probably threw out like 36 guys too because he's got a cannon. My man. Way to go, Eric Haas. I think... It's going to be interesting next year. I mean, it's going to be tough for the Indians to just keep holding him back, especially as the catchers in the other in the the rest of the catchers in the system need to be promoted too. So I would think that at some point here, Haas is just going to have to take that job from Plowecki uh, because you know I really don't think Plowecki's doing nearly enough to change my mind that he deserves to be the backup. I think he's what batting two twelve, hit two home runs. Yeah. Why not, why not have the guy that's hit 27 home runs in the AAA with the same baseball? I mean, yeah, he wouldn't be playing every day like he is at AAA, but, you know, Roberto Perez gets pretty consistent rest. I mean, he never catches a day after a day game after a night game. I mean, he usually never goes a whole turn through the rotation. So Haas will get his time. So I say give him his shot next year. Let him beat Ploiecki in spring training and then just take the bull by the horns. I concur. That brings us along to our man, Carlos Vargas. Second week in a row, Vargas makes our five best from everywhere. This time he had his best start of the season. So this is a kid that can throw 100 miles an hour, went seven innings for Mahoning Valley, allowed two hits, one run, one walk, and struck out five. So uh, Vargas is going places. Uh, I mean, he, he started the season real inconsistent. He had some horrific starts that really skewed his ERA. But it seems I think three of his last four starts have been tremendous. It seems like he's turning the corner, which is really exciting. Yeah, and I know you were really, really excited about him coming into this season too. So it's nice that he's turning it on. I was I was expecting that he could be the next Oviedo, where a guy that came out of nowhere and then was just destroying everybody and then vaults himself into a you know recognition it didn't start that way but it looks like it might finish that way which is even better because it'll build some momentum for next year and then next up looks like we got another pitcher in our five best cody morris who had a start pitched six innings only gave up three hits uh kind of an oddly similar start to vargas but maybe just slightly lesser gave up one run one walk had six strikeouts just a, a really nice start and a, a real good a really good game for yeah. him great to hear and you know this is a guy that i don't think made his debut in the Indian system until this season uh, was dealing with injuries, but they started him Lake County like to make his professional debut. 
and he did good enough there to, to get promoted to Lynchburg, and now he's putting up good numbers in Lynchburg. He's at six games started, 3.25 ERA. And nice. 28 strikeouts in 27 and two-thirds innings pitched at Lynchburg. So averaging more than a strikeout in an inning, I always love that. Yeah, keep it up, Cody. He was a seventh-round draft pick last year. To, to already be at Lynchburg and performing well, Another advanced college arm on the way up. <laughs> Indians, Indians draft strategy, killing it. All right, moving on. It looks like we've got our transactions, and there were quite a few because the Indians made some trade. Yeah, it feels like last week we had two weeks off and the trade deadline, and somehow it was like as active <laughs> this past yeah, week. Yeah, so yeah, we went we went through all the trade stuff last week. Uh, a lot of the fallout from the trades happened this time in terms of the bad stuff like the injuries traded away released um we had uh, jake bowers getting optioned down from cleveland to columbus we had trace thompson who's been in columbus all season he was given his outright release uh neil ramirez was granted his release brandon barnes who has been at triple a this season and has had a great season he was an all-star with columbus he was traded to minnesota and Eric Stamets, or Stamets, was designated for assignment, but then actually, so he got dropped off the 40-man roster, but then accepted uh, an assignment to Columbus. So he did not ask for his release, uh, and he is still in the Indians organization. It's just he got dropped off the 40-man roster. They had to make uh, room for adding Puig and Logan Allen and uh, Franmil Reyes. And then last but not least, outfielder uh, Jose Medina, who had been in the Indian system since about 2013, was released at the AA level. They were very busy uh, in terms of promotions. At the major league level, we had Aaron Savalli get promoted to the, the Indians with uh, Trevor Bauer being traded away. And Savalli had an awesome start on Monday when six innings, one earned a run allowed. So quality start, struck out, I think, seven. Uh, Greg Allen was promoted back to the show after uh, Jordan Luplo had an injury. At AAA, the Indians had three pitchers get promoted to AAA. Kyle Nelson, your boy, uh, Matt, uh, was promoted from Akron. Jared Robinson was promoted from Akron as well, and both of them have just been disgusting. And Jordan Stevens was promoted from Akron. So three bullpen arms were all promoted from Akron. At AA, Oscar Gonzalez finally got promoted from Lynchburg, our boy, I, I thought it might have happened a little bit earlier, but I'm happy it happened. And it looks like tonight he got his first RBI. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, Ethan Hankins was promoted from Mahoning Valley to full season Lake County. That is very exciting news. And then the man I ate my shopping list for, Julian Escovedo, or Julian. Finally. Finally earned that promotion. If only they had done it three weeks earlier, my intestine, or my uh, digestive system would thank me. Yeah, Julian Escovedo promoted from the AZL to Mahoning Valley like he had deserved all along. Actually, pretty interesting news. The Indians signed undrafted outfielder, so they just weren't done getting prospects from the 2019 draft. I think they signed about 30, like three or 34 of their draft picks out of the 40 rounds. Um, but they signed another one, outfielder Zach Weatherford, who was actually the best defensive player in all of college baseball this year, won the gold glove in center field. And he was uh, sent to the AZL uh, Reds team, I believe, AZL Indians Red team. So he'll be uh, making his debut momentarily if he hasn't already. And how much I don't normally read into this at all, 
But how much do you think that has to do with him being having gone to Wright State and being an Ohio boy? I have no idea. Uh, I mean, sometimes the Indians do some of those, you know, just draft them because moves. Like I think they did that with Jan Gomes' brother. They did that with Brantley's cousin, Hamilton's son. Uh, I think they even did uh, Dolan had a a kid that they may have drafted uh, late, super, super late. I like that one less. (laughs) Um, But it seems like, uh, you know, this kid earned it. I mean, you you earned the the gold glove in outfield at college. I mean, you, you should be on a team. So the kid was out there looking for a spot, especially after the trade deadline where people are on the move and getting released and all kinds of stuff. And they found an opening for him. So it's so good for Weatherford. Let's see what he can do. And that brings us finally to Indians in the cupboard. It was a, a pretty exciting week for both of us because we both had one of our guys get promoted yeah. each. That yeah. just means that we know how to Mine pick was, them, damn it. That's really what it means. I had ye old Kyle Nelson, who now at AAA, I feel like we're going to start getting a better and better feeling of whether he's going to be this dominant force or if he's going to be the 35 future value player that Fangraphs thinks he's going to be. <laughs> um, he had two games, came in 1.2 or one and two thirds innings pitched, only gave up one hit, did give up a couple of walks and a home run. I haven't seen anything yet that makes me doubt him, but if he starts to give up a lot more home runs or the walk rate gets out of control now, then he may have to be removed from the cupboard. But I'm not thinking about it yet. And then our good friend Yaner Diaz. Uh, interesting line this past week. 292, 292, 333. And that extra 40-some <laughs> points of slugging percentage was all because of a single double. Did strike out six times as well. So maybe starting to see a little bit of that struggle where, yes, he has the astronomical batting average for his total time in the minors this year at 358 but that's also with an on base of only 386 so yeah that's that's great maybe he's just gonna be that kind of guy but we'll see how he can i I believe in yaner diaz man i do it's gonna happen he's he's the catcher of the future not bo naylor (laughs) i also i like just like catchers whose names begin with y there's a there's a pedigree there well moving on to uh my indian in the cupboard which is uh, players not, not in the top 10 that we choose and decide to follow along. Just Oscar Gonzalez, who we mentioned earlier, was promoted to double A this, this week. And I went, oh boy, Oscar Gonzalez, what did he do this week to earn that promotion? I had not filled that out yet. So I, I went to go look and you know that face that the guy made in Indiana Jones when they open up the Ark of the Covenant and it just melts and like it just turns into a skeleton and like the blood is pouring off and his skin's (laughs) peeling off. That's kind of what my face was when I saw what Oscar Gonzalez did this past week. (laughs) So his slash for the whole week was 0.059.059.059. I think he went one for 19. I'm pretty sure. And the one hit was a single. WRC plus was negative 73. And he struck out three times. I mean, it's only three strikeouts out of all those outs. So that's the good thing. Just had a really, really horrific BAPIP. Just brutal. Hey, but he earned the promotion anyway. And then tonight looks like he got his first RBI. He went, 
yeah, he went. There you go. One for three with an RBI. Way to go, Oscar. Still just 21 years old. Now at double A. So that's that's great for uh, a good young player. So I will continue keeping him in my cupboard. <laughs> and then Eli Morgan in his return to double A. He did have a triple A start earlier this year, but now with the Indians adding Logan Allen and uh, just a whole bunch of the moves that they've been making, he's still going to be at double A for now, uh, but had a great start. Went six innings, four hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Just barely missed making our uh, top performers of the week, honestly. I mean, uh, you, you can't ask for much better. Uh, Eli, um, just dominant, so... Great performance by Eli Morgan, and uh, good to, good to see. It was a good bounce back performance because his last last start uh, in his return uh, was was not so good. He went like three innings and gave up a pair of runs and walked four people. So this was this was back a return to form for Eli Morgan. Feels like we had a lot of starts in the system that were just <clears throat> not dominant yeah, but lot. good. Yeah. Strong like a, efforts. Uh, Scott Moss had five shutout innings in his debut. Uh, he was. Like basically the fourth guy in the Trevor Bauer deal, and but it was a very strong performance. I, I want to I want to check how Ivan Nova did. He was the guy we got in the the DSL or in the AZL. He was kind of the throw-in guy. Nineteen years, or was it? No, it was Victor Nova, not Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova pitched yeah, eight shutouts. Not Ivan eight, Nova. Um, let's see. <laughs> Yeah, Ivan Nova. Looks like he did good. Uh, in his debut game with the Indians, he went three for five. Then he went one for three with a pair of walks. Then 0 for four. Then one for two. Then Or one for four. Then one for two with two walks. So, yeah, he had a really good week. So, maybe overlooked him for top players for the week, potentially. So, yeah. We'll have to keep our but eye yeah, on him for next he's, week. He's been just hitting the cover off the ball all season in the AZL. So, just another dude... That is just added to those lower levels of, of really talented young players in our system. Um, I, I should add that I think MLB Pipeline updated its rankings for systems, and the Indians bumped up a couple after the trade. Yes. So they're up to the number 12 system, and they still have by far the the youngest average age of the top 30 prospects in a system of all the teams. Uh, so I just expect it's, it to yeah, continue to climb to because climbing. of that because as these guys start reaching the right higher now, levels. I mean, this season, all we did was graduate Mercado. That's really the only guy we graduated that started in the top 30 at the beginning of the season. Uh, Playsack jumped into the top 30 briefly uh, when some after Mercado graduated and they needed to fill somebody. Uh, they threw Playsack in at 15 from, Z, from not ranked at all. <laughs> And then he graduated like within, he was in our top 30 for like less than a month. Um, so they've graduated two technically, but only one that started the season. And they're only going to be graduating a couple more next year too. So uh, it's, it's an exciting time to, to be following the Cleveland Indians minor league system because, I mean, this team is, I mean, you just look and it is just teenagers and teenagers and teenagers that are all super talented. And then they've got them backed up with, proven college guys that are coming in and laying waste to people. So uh, what was it that Quentin Holmes said on Twitter? Like, <laughs> I, we got some dogs on I this did team. See that. So hang on. I think that's, what's kind of cool about it too, is you get a sense from following these guys on social media now, which it's crazy that we can just follow minor leaguers on social media and see what they're up to. But it seems like they, 
they all because get along really well. Real, re- there's really some dogs on my squad. Love getting after it every day with these guys, which I hope rubs off on him because Quentin's yeah. not having the best season. But again, he got very aggressively promoted. He he never even played in Mahoning Valley. Like he went straight from two lackluster seasons in the AZL, one injury riddled, and then boom, skip Mahoning Valley, trying to catch him back up with Tyler Freeman, uh, who he uh, was drafted with, and. So, you know, and just it's it's been a learning, a very steep learning curve for, for Quentin. But he did hit his fifth home run this week. But other than that, nothing nothing too special. But I'll continue following him. I'm not giving up on him either because I think he has a really good work ethic. It's just he just has a, a lot more to get ground to gain because of being a, one of those northern players who's out of New York. Ah, uh, yes. There are very few New York-based players uh, that just come in and immediately start destroying but Manny Ramirez, I believe, does come to mind. <laughs> yeah. He was, a, he was a good one, yeah. I believe that brings us to the end. Uh, as a, a small outro to this week's episode, uh, there is a Twitter account called at EEGammings, G-A-M-M-I-N-G-S, just randomly generated snippets of poetry interspersed with pretend baseball stories. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to share the following with you as we set our phones aside and go on with our lives. Fredbird is a tuner goblin that texts peacefully, breathes fire, and guzzles beef kebabs.